calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Can't get enough of Rebel Girls? Well, luckily, the Rebel Girls app is now completely free. That's right, you can listen to the entire library of goodnight stories for Rebel Girls ad-free. Plus, check out the app's cool features like activities, trivia, custom playlists, and more. All parent-trusted and kids-safe. Find out more at rebelgirls.com audio and download the Rebel Girls app today. Thanks for listening. Hello again, R.L. Stein Story Club members. I'm Ivy, your ghostly host and keeper of those strange and spooky tales from the hidden vault of R.L. Stein. Today is another chilling tale. This unsettling tale, Story Club members, might make you wonder if you're still yourself by the end of it. It's one I call, Who is Freakin' Who? In case of my demise, I'm recording this to keep some kind of record. My name is Rhonda Sutherland. I'm 11 years old and live on 1938 West Campbell Street. I attend Finney Elementary School, and it used to be a great place to go to school. But a few days ago, it was Mrs. Kaufman. She started acting really strange. Thud, thud, thud. I have to talk fast. That pounding you just heard, that's them. They're trying to get in. I'm hiding in a broom closet where I found this microcassette recorder and tape. I lost my phone, and I don't have very long. I'm trying to keep as calm as collected as possible, but it's hard. I'm so scared and tired. It all started three days ago. There was a bright orange flash in the sky. It was as fiery as a comet. That morning, Penny Clark and I were walking to school. We saw a big smoldering crater just through the trees in the woods. After we checked it out, we saw these strange plants growing around the smoking hole. They were these pod-like things, about the size of cantaloupes, with a little orange flower sticking out the end of them. They would be kind of pretty if they weren't so strange looking. Anyway, we took one to school with us to show Mrs. Kaufman, the science teacher. We wanted to know what she thought of the thing. Mrs. Kaufman studied the strange plant and said, I've never seen anything like this before. I've looked it up in all the botany books and even on the internet. Nothing. Where did you find this again? We told her. I'll go check it out after school, she told us. It was the next morning when things got weird. Mrs. Kaufman showed up to class, but she was different. I mean, she looked like Mrs. Kaufman and talked like her, but she wasn't Mrs. Kaufman. It sounds kind of stupid, I know, but I'm being serious. She just didn't have the same emotion as before. The Mrs. Kaufman I knew from before was always smiling and happy, but not that day. She seemed in a daze, just going through the motions. Then, at recess, I saw her talking to some other people in the school parking lot. I couldn't tell exactly, but one looked like Chief Bennell of the police department. 
They all seemed to move in that same trance-like state Mrs. Kaufman did. They sort of huddled in a lot for about 10 minutes, looked around to see if anyone was watching, then went their separate ways. It really gave me a creepy feeling. Penny told me I was just being paranoid, but why would Mrs. Kaufman be talking to the chief of police? It was time to prove to Penny that I wasn't being paranoid. Then, I noticed Mrs. Kaufman's hand. She used to have a two-inch scar on the back of her right hand. She once said that she and her dad were fishing and a fish hook got caught on her skin. The hook went so deep, her dad had to dig it out with a pocket knife. Now, that deep scar was suddenly gone, as if it was erased along with Mrs. Kaufman's personality. I told Penny about the scar. She then finally believed me, but we didn't know what to do. Other people, teachers and students, were starting to act strange too, emotionless. That night, I told my mom and dad about it, and they said, Stop watching so many scary movies. Can you believe that? Thud, thud, thud. And then it happened. The next morning, Penny acted weird too. She didn't care about Mrs. Kaufman acting strange. In fact, they regarded each other bizarrely, as if they knew a secret. After school, Penny asked me why I wasn't talking to her. Because you're acting weird, I told her. You're acting like Mrs. Kaufman. It's freaking me out. She told me that there was nothing to be afraid of. I want to show you something, she said. I don't think so, I said. Then Principal Cartwright walked up and grabbed me. In my office, he said. He marched me in there and shut the door. But it wasn't just us two. Mrs. Kaufman was there, so was Mrs. Siegel, the school nurse, and Penny too. Principal Cartwright set me down in a chair. Before I knew it, Mrs. Siegel stuck a needle in my shoulder and gave me a shot of something. To help you sleep, she said. What are you doing? I asked them. What are you people? Principal Cartwright brought in one of the strange pods like the one Jenny and I found in the woods a few days before. Since you're about to fall asleep and you'll awaken as one of us, I will tell you. I tried to get up and run, but Mrs. Siegel and Mrs. Kaufman held me down. We came from a planet not unlike yours, Principal Cartwright said. We were a proud race of organisms, kind of like you humans. But we had destroyed our planet and had to find a new one to inhabit. Only a few pods that contained our collective consciousness inside them were placed in a tiny spaceship that could travel billions of miles. That planet, the one we left, has been dead for many thousands of your Earth years by now. However, we can live and breathe again in this brave new world. After you go to sleep, this pod here will duplicate you physically and mentally in every way. However, it'll filter out bad emotions like hate and pride that destroyed our world. Now we will take over this planet and not make the same mistake twice. Not like you humans are currently doing to your world. Just go to sleep and wake up as a new person in a new world. Our world. But can't you see? I said, trying to reason with these alien imposters. By you taking over Earth by thinking that you're better than humans? That's arrogance. That's the arrogance that you're talking about. You won't get away with it. I will stop you any way I can. But the pod people said nothing. I could barely keep my eyes open. If I was going to do something, it had to be now or I would be asleep soon. Then I had an idea. I closed my eyes and relaxed my muscles in the chair, pretending to drop off into sleep. I could feel Mrs. Siegel's and Mrs. Kaufman's grips on my arms soften. They let go, thinking I was falling asleep. Thud, thud, thud. And that's when I bolted. I jumped out of the chair with all the energy I could gather. I dashed between Principal Cartwright and Penny and out the door. I sprinted down the hallway as fast as I could. Stop her, Principal Cartwright shouted. I ran out of the school and into the gymnasium. I wish I hadn't. In the gymnasium, hundreds upon hundreds of those strange pod plants littered the floor. 
It looked like some kind of alien garden. How did so many grow in such a short time? This must be where they're being stored. I hid behind the bleachers and watched. Then I saw something I couldn't believe. Chief Bennell, a few teachers, and even some students were taking the pods out of the gymnasium and loading them onto school buses. What were they gonna do with all of them? Take them to people's houses? Other towns? Was this their plan to take over the world? I watched until my heart felt like it crawled up in my throat. There she is! Mrs. Kaufman shouted. They'd entered in the side door of the gymnasium and were running toward me. I was out the door in an instant, but escape from the school grounds had been totally cut off. I needed a place to hide. The janitor's closet seemed like a good place. If these things are going to take over the world, then there has to be some kind of record to let someone, anyone, know what happened. I ran into Mrs. Adams' room. She taught English and was the editor for the school paper. She usually kept a microcassette recorder at her desk. I was lucky it was there. I took it, climbed into the janitor's closet, and locked the door, and then tried to barricade it with a mop and several brooms. I don't know how long it's going to hold, though. Thud, thud, thud. This door doesn't sound like it's gonna hold anymore. They're almost in. I'll hide this tape and recorder in the closet. I hope anyone, whoever you are, will listen to this and find a way to stop these pod people. I'm feeling sleepy now. So sleepy. Wow. That was a long, engaging story. Let's hope that Rhonda Sutherland finds a way to escape the pod people. I know my personality is kinda loud, but at least it's mine. Trust me, I'd be a pretty boring host if I was a pod person. I might lull you to sleep instead of keeping you on the edge of your seat. But hey, if you want to get a good night's sleep, there's nothing wrong with that either. Did you know that there's actually a Go Kid Go show designed to help you fall asleep peacefully after the scariness of Story Club? It's called Story Train, and you can subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. I'm actually going to go listen to Story Train right now, so I'm well rested for tomorrow's chilling tale. I'll meet you back here fresh and ready to go tomorrow, beloved listeners, because every R.L. Stein Story Club member needs a little scare every day. Ivy out! Go, kid, go! Do you like to laugh? Ah, who am I kidding? Who doesn't like to laugh? So, okay, if you love to laugh, you'll love Don't Break the Rules. It's a hilarious comedy improv podcast where the voice actors make up their lines on the spot and try to be the only actor who doesn't break the rules. These talented actors are great at coming up with silly scenes and stories when they follow the rules for the episode. And it gets even sillier when they accidentally break the rules. The stories are guided by suggestions from kids like you. And the episodes feature laughs, burps, and the occasional unicorn. So if you'd like to giggle and play along, be sure to listen to Don't Break the Rules wherever you listen to podcasts.